nationally syndicated media personality and author Sheila Zielinski, a.k.a. Weekend Vigilante. You're watching The Sheila Zielinski Show, the only program to bring you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God with a focus on spiritual warfare. And now, here's Sheila. Well, folks, you are in for a very special treat today, and I'm going to tell you, we've got lots of response for our other two we shared. Those are also linked below in the description. This is part three, Trump, the Antichrist, the rabbis, and the temple. Without further ado, I want to jump right into things to take us off with part three. It is the one and only Pastor John Terrell from EACE. The information is up on your screen. John, I'm going to hand you the mic. Take it away, sir. And thanks for coming back on. Well, thank you for having me. Well, we're going to finish today this series here. This is my third one. And I believe that this is one of the most important programs or actually teach you can get after salvation, the baptism of the Spirit, and of course, deliverance. Because we are rapidly moving into the very, very end times of the Antichrist. Not Jesus coming back, because that's after the Antichrist. And I can tell you that the pressure is increasing. And if I have any videos of teaching on anything about the Antichrist or Jewish developments, it is immediately attacked, deleted, or taken down. And so I do not know how long all of us are going to be able to even talk about this subject because we are now where the Germans were in 1934 when Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party took power. And of course, when they, once in power, you could not talk about them, you could not criticize them or to the camps and then death. So anyway, let me finish up, you know, what I've done from before. The thing that I want you to understand now is that Shabbat or the Lubavitchers is the main movement of the Antichrist system. They are a Kabbalistic, Talmudic group. Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, who is not dead, is the forerunner. I would call him a John the Baptist for the Antichrist, and Schneerson has laid a foundation. So let me just move on here and quickly get in the information I want to get in. Shortly after President Jimmy Carter's inauguration in 1977, he honored Menachem Schneerson by declaring 1977 to be the year of education. At the conclusion of the year, the United States of America celebrated the first Education Day USA on the rabbi's birthday according to the date on the Jewish calendar. Now ask yourself this, what in the world does a Shabbat rabbi has to do with an education day in the United States of America. A joint resolution was signed by Congress and the president. And let me just read this resolution. Now, this is from the House of Representatives, the Senate, signed by them and the president. Here's what they said. The Congress recognize the need for the nation to set aside on the calendar a day devoted to the importance of education to the lives of the citizen and to the general well-being of the nation. And the Luba Witch Movement, which conducts educational activities at more than 60 centers in 28 states as well as around the world, 
is especially committed to the advancement of education, has prospered the establishment of the Education Day USA and World Jewelry marked in 1977, the 75th birthday of the Reverend and renowned Jewish leader, the head of the worldwide Lubavitch movement, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson. So they have schools. This movement is the, the beginning of the Antichrist that you can see in the open. Now, what did Ronald Reagan do? Ronald Reagan said this, Public Law 102.14, which states that the Jewish Noahide laws are the foundation upon which the American civilization were founded, that it is our responsibility to educate America and even the world so as to return them to these laws. Now, what in the world should the Noahide laws have to do with the United States? The laws were signed into effect in 1991 under Bush and this law proceeded by proclamations of other presidents which endorsed the Noahide laws of Rabbi Schneerson, the Shabbat rabbi, who said that non-Jews, like all of creation, exist only for the benefit of Jews. Let me reread that. The Shabbat rabbi, who said that non-Jews, that you and I were not Jewish, like all of the creation, exist only for the benefit of Jews. This is what they believe. This is what they state. In 1982, then President Ronald Reagan signed Proclamation 4921, in which he stated that the no-white laws are the moral foundation of American character, that the no-white laws are a moral code for regardless of faith, and he also praised the Lubavitch movement and Rabbi Schneerson for their example of educating about the Jewish no-white laws. He then requested Congress to sign Joint Resolution 477, which celebrates Rabbi Schneerson's birthday as a National Day of Reflection. The Noahide Law state that idolaters and even Christians are to be killed. According to Noahide Laws, a Christian is an idolatry. So how on earth could Jewish Noahide Law be more code for all regardless of faith? Rabbi Schneerson himself wrote to Reagan, on his signing of the proclamation, thanking him for affirming the eternal validity of the Noahide laws and impressed added with all their ramifications, which would obviously include the death penalty for homosexuals, Christians, pagans, atheists, and much more. That was Reagan. Now, President George H.W. Bush. On March 20th, 1991, the United States Congress passed H.J. Resolution 104, which was then signed into law by President George W. Bush and became Public Law 102-14. The language of the law asserts that the seven Noahide laws are the ethical values of civilized society, are the basis on which the American nation was founded, and that without these seven Noahide laws, society stands in peril. Now, this is a big, fat lie. The United States was founded on the Bible, not the Noahide laws. But I want you to take notice now. If you go to China today and ask any Chinese on the street that is about 30 years and younger, what do you know about the Tiananmen Square massacre? They said, I never heard of it. I don't know. In 1988-89, we had tens of thousands of people massacred 
on the Tianan Square in Beijing, China. They pushed down and destroyed the uh, democracy movement. The Chinese government has simply proclaimed it didn't happen, it doesn't exist, all books are chained, all textbooks, anyone talking about it simply is arrested. Do you understand the severity here? That they're simply saying now that the seven Noahide laws was responsible was the foundation of the United States of America. Now we go to President Bill Clinton. He had Resolution 150, and this is what uh, Clinton did. He simply said this, whereas the Congress recognized the ethical teaching and value have played a prominent role in the foundation of civilization and in the history of our great nation. Whereas President William J. Clinton has indicated the ethical consideration would inform all of the decision of his administration. Whereas ethical teaching and values have formed a cornerstone of society since the dawn of civilization and found expression in the seven Noahide laws. Whereas sharing and education represent two pillars of these laws and ethical conduct. Whereas Rabbi Menachem Mendelssohn, the leader of the Lubavitch movement, is revered worldwide for the contributions he has made to education and sharing. Whereas, of the 2000 educational, social, and rehabilitative institutions administered by the Lubavitch, advance these ideals for the millions of people whom they serve each year. These are the prep schools for the Antichrist movement to come. Back in 93, they had 2000 educational, social, and rehabilitation. Do you know what happened in Vietnam, 1975, when Saigon fell and the North Vietnamese came in, the communists came in? Everybody who had served in the Army of Vietnam or the Air Force or Navy, if they were not shot, were sent to rehabilitation camps where they sat for one year to be trained and to have their doctrine changed so that they would be good communists. Let me read it again. Whereas the 2,000 educational, social, rehabilitation institutions administered by Lubavitch advanced these ideas for millions of people whom they serve each year. Whereas Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson has interpreted in a miraculous event of our times the increasing vitality of these ideas for the furtherance of human understanding and betterment. Whereas the excellent life and work of Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson have been long been acknowledged by the Congress through the enactment of joint resolution designating his birthday in each of the last 15 years of Education Day USA. Ask yourself a question now. When was the last time a Christian leader would, would be recognized 15 times, 15 years, by the President of the United States, the Senate, and the Congress. And their answer is, never. Now, this information that I'm giving you, which is taken from government publications, is not known to the general public. They don't want the general public to know it because they want you to be surprised that one day they're going to have rehabilitation centers. 
and they're going to say this, well, Christianity is now outdated. We have now turned over to the Noahide laws, which are more valuable, and you have now to learn the Noahide laws, and you have to learn the new system that is coming into being. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, everyone. This is Sheila Zielinski. How would you like to advertise your product or service with us? We have a very robust audience, as well as a large social media reach. And we should be supporting Christian businesses. If you're interested in advertising your product or services with us, send us an email at info at Sheila.media. That's info at Sheila.media. And one of our sales staff will get in touch with you to see if your product or service is a good fit. All our advertising packages can be tailored to fit your budget. Consider advertising on The Sheila Zielinski Show. That's info at Sheila.media. Make the inquiry today and get your business noticed. Sheila will be coming to sunny California for the month of July and is considering different venues to visit. If you're in California and you're interested in having your church or small group host a weekend warfare workshop with Sheila, send her an email at info at Sheila.media to start the process. That's info at Sheila.media. Her SWAT prayer group will also be hosting an amazing event at a date to be determined. Stay tuned for details and be sure to be following her Facebook page. Sheila will also be in Montrose, Colorado, September 27th through the 29th at the Western Colorado Church of Deliverance in conjunction with the West Coast Church of Deliverance. For more information, go to WCCD.com. In October, she'll be in Auburn, Alabama from the 4th to the 6th at the Skyfall 2019 Bible Conference Cosmology Prayer and Spiritual Warfare event in conjunction with Fire and Grace Church. For more information, go to skyfall2019.org. That's skyfall2019.org. You're watching The Sheila Zielinski Show. So... Let's move on now to the next president here, President George W. Bush. This is Bush Jr. President George W. Bush wrote in his proclamation on Education and Sharing Day in 2007. He wrote this, Education and Sharing Day honors the rubber, that's Schneerson, and emphasizes our commitment to teach the next generation of Americans the values that make our country strong. That liberal Richard Robert believed that society should make a new commitment to kindness, and he had helped establish education and outreach centers, offering social service programs and humanitarian aid around the world. Now, George W. Bush was in on this. What about Barack Obama? President Barack Obama wrote in his proclamation on education and sharing day 2009. Few have understood or more successfully promoted these ideas than Rabbi Manechem Mendel Schneerson, the liberal rubber, who emphasized the importance of education and good character. Through the establishment of education and social service, 
institution across the country of the world, Rabbi Schneerson sought to empower young people and inspire individuals of all ages. On this day, we raised his call anew, and of course, they had a joint resolution for him under Barack Obama. What about President Donald Trump? Well, this is what President Trump wrote on the Education Day 2017. Education and Sharon Day recognized the remarkable efforts of Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, the liberal rabbi, to use values-based education to drive our nation's children to the American dream. As an educator, Rabbi Schneerson understands that education is incomplete if it is devoid of moral development. Not religious, but moral development. Working through a spirit of optimism, he strives to teach children to be honest, civil, respectful of differences, and self-discipline in addition to being intellectually rigorous. In January 26, 2017, in an ancient and honored Jewish custom, the Sanhedrin in Israel sent a letter to the new leader of the U.S., Donald Trump, blessing him and calling on him to take the lead in restoring America in the world. The Sanhedrin also called on the new president to acknowledge and uphold the seven Noahide laws. So let me give you a central point here, a red thread. The Noahide laws. Rabbi Schneerson, Shabbat, Liber Witchers, the Kabbalah, the Talmud. This is what's brewing under the surface. Let me just ask you this, because I really want you to think. When was the last time a Christian organization, let's say the Assembly of God churches, or the Southern Baptist Convention, or the Alliance, Church Alliance, Episcopal Church, whatever church, when was the last time that a Christian denomination had the opportunity, year after year, to have a leader being proclaimed for that educational day of the United States, recognized by the President, the Senate, and the Congress, and then having a public law made on, based on the Noahide laws. It has never existed. And so this is a watershed in this way that finally Judaism through Shabbat has been able to penetrate the entire United States government and that they're holding it in a grip, including President Donald Trump. Let me now tell you about the Noahide laws. What are the Noahide laws? And I want to read these laws to you. There's seven laws. The first one is, you shall not engage in idol worship. Number two, you shall not blaspheme God. Number three, you shall not shed innocent blood of any human, nor fetus, nor ailing person who has a limited time to live. Now, that's interesting. No abortion. You shall not engage in bestial, incestuous, adulterous, or homosexual relations nor commit the act of rape. Number five, you shall not steal. Number six, you shall establish laws and courts of law to administer these laws, including the death penalty. For those who kill, administer only if there is one testifying eyewitness. Number seven, you shall not be cruel to animals. 
This is the far cry from the Ten Commandments. And this is now what Reagan and all the other presidents said, that the United States were founded on these seven laws. I call them stupid. And there is no redemption in them. There is no mention of worship of God or anything like this. The Noah laws are religious laws. And the First Amendment states that Congress shall not make any religious laws. This is unconstitutional because Congress cannot make any laws or favor a religious doctrine. And I want to read to you here from the Constitution here what it said here. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceful to assemble and to petition the government to redress our grievances. Now, when Congress and President George A.W. Bush did, by passing and signing H.J. Resolution 104, was illegal. On March 20th, 1991, the United States Congress passed this resolution, was signed into law by President Bush, and became public law number 102-14. The language of the law asserts, that the seven Noah laws are the ethical values of civilized society and are the basis on which the American nature was founded and that without these seven Noah laws, society stands in peril. According to Judaism, all Gentiles are bound to obey the seven Noah laws, which means that during the reign of the Antichrist, they will be used against any Gentile who does not worship the beast or the Antichrist. All worship during the reign of the Antichrist will be directed to him and Satan. And if a person is a Christian, according to the Noah laws, he's breaking the first two commandments of the Noah laws. And I want to read Revelation chapter 13, verses 4 and 5. And they worshiped the dragon which took, gave power unto the beast. They worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? It was given to him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and powers given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy of God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. It was given to him to make war with the saints, to overcome them. Power was given him over all kings and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him with names that are written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. This program now that I'm doing is going to be, in the future, is going to be simply removed. Because what I'm doing now is I am exposing the coming Antichrist system. So you might want to simply make sure that you have this recorded on an MP3 file or whatever it is. Because in the future, it will not be available. Because all our websites will eventually be put down. It might be five years from now, ten years from now. It might be six months from now. We don't know. Folks. Stay tuned, we'll be right back after these messages. Never before in history have we seen such an urgent need for spiritual warfare. Are you desiring a powerful and successful prayer life with other like-minded prayer warriors? That's what we've put together in SWAT Prayer. SWAT Prayer allows you to join like-minded prayer warriors across the West and worldwide. So you simply go to SWATprayer.com, you type in either your city or your state, you hit enter, 
you see this swap prayer icon that comes up on the screen. You click on that icon. That is your state leader. Simply connect with them and they will put you in touch with prayer groups in your state. God is raising up a powerful body of spiritual warriors ready for battle. Spiritual warfare attack teams that are storming the gates. We are fighting a spiritual battle and as Christians we can make all the difference in warfare prayer. As Christians we are given the power and authority. It's our responsibility to use the tactical weapons that God provided to storm the gates. Never before in history has warfare prayer been so urgently needed. As Christians, we can make a difference. Go to swapprayer.com today. Do you want a more powerful and successful prayer life? Would you like to see results? God intended you to have victory. So then why does it seem like your prayers seem to go unanswered? Could it be that a key element of praying powerfully is being left out altogether? Discover the one thing the enemy does not want you to know that can make all the difference. This is a practical and easy to use powerful book where we lay out a powerful blueprint for real results. You can step into that powerful place of authority and begin to experience the outcome that you've been waiting for. No matter what is going on in your life, you have the power to change things through prayer. And do you know prayer is different than warfare? It is time to step out now in power and achieve results. Get your copy of Power Prayers today. It's warfare that works. Find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and get it brought into your local Christian bookstore. It's warfare that works. You're watching The Sheila Zielinski Show. Now, let me talk about the temple of the Antichrist. Currently, there's no temple in Jerusalem. The temple existed when Jesus walked on earth, but destroyed in 70 AD. Paul wrote his letter to the Thessalonians some three years before the temple was destroyed. When Paul wrote his letter, he knew that the temple was going to be destroyed someday, but not when. We must also understand that all the apostles and Christians living at that time thought that Jesus would come back in their lifetime. And another thing to note, Paul never read the book of Revelation since it was written some 25 years after his death. Now, in Matthew 24, 1-4, we read this. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. His disciples came to him to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus unto them, See you not all these things? Verily I say unto you, They shall not be left here one stone upon another. They shall not be thrown down. And he sat upon the Mount Olives, and the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when these things shall be, which shall be the sign of your coming, and the end of the world. And Jesus answering them and said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Deception, deception is coming in the future. Now, Paul wrote here in his letter to Thessalonians, Now we beseech you, brethren, that by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by getting together to him, that you not be soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except the come of falling away for us, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, 
who opposes and exalts himself by all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he has God sit in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, there must be a temple in Jerusalem. There's no temple there right now. We have the Temple Mount. We got a mosque on top of it. But there is no Jewish temple. The Jews will build a temple. And this will be the Kabbalistic, Talmudic world government. Let me read this to you now. One of the steps that the Jewish leadership must take is to reconvene a Sanhedrin. Remember now, the last Sanhedrin simply stopped meeting in 425 AD. In 425 AD, the last Sanhedrin simply stopped. I'm not quoting from Christian Zionist sources. On October 13, 2004, the Sanhedrin Council of the Jewish Nation was reconstituted for the first time in 1,600 years. The ceremony took place in the Israeli town of Tiberias, located on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. This was the site of the council's last meeting in the year 425. So now, the Sanhedrin, the one council that condemned Jesus to death, that John and Peter stood before, is now in existence in 2004. You cannot have a temple without a Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is here. This incredible development, ignored by the press, appears to be one more step to the construction of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. Now, the original Sanhedrin consists of 71 members, Moses plus the 70 judges. It served as both the Supreme Court and legislative body in all matters of Torah law. After the death of Moses, he was succeeded by the leading sage of the council, given the title of Rosh Hesheva, meaning head of the city. Later, he was simply referred to as a president. Over the past 20 years, a variety of Orthodox Jewish groups have simultaneously immersed in Israel that are focused on the rebuilding of the temple. And in order to training our priests, a third, the development of incenses, and yet another, the breeding of perfect Heifer. One of the most publicized groups has been the Temple Institute, headed up by Rabbi Israel Ariel. This group has focused on manufacturing the priestly clothes and implements, like the showbread table, incense pots, the golden menorah. All of these efforts have required years of ongoing research and fundraising. You view all these items, they have them online if you go to templeinstitute.org. Another high-profile group is the Temple Mount Faithful, founded and directed by Gershom Solomon. This group has cut two cornerstones for the third temple, which they have tried to take up to the Temple Mount. This past year, they put it stones on the truck and drove around the walls of the old city, and they also presented to the public a scale model of what the new temple would look like. The Temple Institute is dedicated every as- to every aspect of the Holy Temple of Jerusalem. At the central role, it is fulfilled, and but once again fulfilled in the spiritual well-being of both Israel and all the nations of the world. The Institute's work touches on the history of the Holy Temple past, understanding of the present day, and the divine promise of Israel's future. The Institute's activities include education, Research Development The Temple Institute's ultimate goal is to see Israel rebuild the Holy Temple on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem in accord with 
the biblical foundation that they had from the Old Testament. The Temple Institute has initiated a second state to build a temple, compiling a list of Jewish priests who will be eligible to prepare the red heifer and serve in the temple. Rabbi Chaim Richman, the international director of the Temple Institute, announced some time back. The announcement coincided with a weekly Torah reading that described the preparation of the red heifer. The registry will include men who have a clear patriarchal heritage for the priestly class, descent of Aaron, were born and raised in Israel, have observed the laws of purity in covenant of a priest. This includes not coming to proximity with the dead, the priests of Quanim who were born in hospitals, have visited hospitals, or have entered cemeteries are not eligible. Now let, let me back up here. In order to qualify to be a priest in this new temple, you cannot be born in a hospital because people die in hospital. You cannot visit the hospital. You cannot go to a cemetery for a funeral. You cannot have any contact with a dead person in order to qualify to be a priest. This is almost like witchcraft. The Temple Institute has brought the third temple one step closer by establishing a school for Jewish priests to learn how to perform the temple service. A group of students certified being for the priestly caste stands ready to learn all the details of this complicated task, which may become relevant sooner than anyone thinks. A significant step was recently taken in 2016 toward reinstating the temple service when the Sanhedrin selected Rabbi Baruch Kahane as the next Kohen Gadol, high priest. Now, they only have selected a high priest, Baruch Kahane. The selection was made as a precaution for Jim Kipper. If the political condition should change, along with the Jews' access to the Temple Mount, they will be required by Torah law to bring the sacrifices. Rabbi Kahana is confident that it should happen. Temple services could begin in less than one week. What is he saying? He's simply saying this. If they can blow away the mosque, they can get the temple up in one week. And I do notice since I've been speaking about this since back in the 60s and 70s, that for years they have been preparing the stones, the timber, the windows, the doors, everything for the temple has been prepared. Because what they're going to do is this, they are simply going to copy what Solomon did. When Solomon built the temple that he did about seven years, they prepared all the part of it, the timber, the stones, the doors, and so on. That was prepared prior to the building of the temple. Once the temple was going to be built, the Bible says there was not a saw, an axe, or a hammer heard. It was simply prefabricated, and that's exactly what Jewish uh, leadership, the people have been doing, working on this since the 1950s. They have been preparing, prefabricating all the parts of the new temple. They have them located in warehouses around Israel, outside Jerusalem. Today, with forklifts, with the power tools and everything else that we have, if they have it prefabricated, they can put that temple up in a week, like the Rabbi Kahana said. The Temple Mount and the Land of Israel Faithful Movement are preparing for the construction of the Jewish Third Temple, the Temple Mount in the old city of Jerusalem. So there's a group called the Temple Mount and the Land of Israel Faithful Movement. 
The stones are being cut according to the description of the Millennium Temple in Ezekiel. And artists are making a holy object for place for the inner areas as prescribed for the operation of daily worship. The movement recently sent a letter to the Pope asking him to return the holy temple menorah, the vessels, and the treasures to Israel without delay. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Listen, there are just too many reasons to list why you need to become one of my patrons today. Not only do you get exclusive content, you get access to private Q&As with Sheila and friends, commercial-free content, and so much more when you become a patron member. But you know what a better reason to become a member of patron is? Because you're supporting this broadcast and its efforts to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you partner with me, you become a part of God advancing his kingdom and in the end time harvest of souls that right there is the best reason to get behind this ministry and become one of my patrons let me be your voice in this epic end time battle become a patron today hey folks it's Sheila and I just wanted to write you a quick thank you note on air for taking part in our efforts to bring the message of salvation and forgiveness and deliverance to this hurting and lost world. Your partnership with Sheila Zielinski Ministries, it matters and it's making a difference in the lives of fellow Christians, not just across North America, but around the globe. You know, Proverbs 1130 says that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise. When you partner up with Sheila Zelensky Ministries, it's far more than just giving money to a ministry. It's about sowing seeds into the lives of the lost, winning souls for the kingdom, and equipping the saints for the battles we face here in these last days. By sowing financially into this ministry, you are making an eternal investment into the kingdom of God that will pay dividends eternally. Jesus commanded us to reach the lost world with the good news and this mandate, it's still in effect for his believers today. This ministry is trying to reach as many people as possible so that they can know about the victory over sin that Jesus has provided for us on the cross and the blessings they can have in communion with his Holy Spirit. Thank you for your continual support in prayer and in giving. You make it possible for all of us here at Sheila Zielinski Ministries to continue to do what we do now and grow to even bigger heights to advance God's kingdom. Together, we are all a vital part of fulfilling Jesus' great commission in the earth. We love you, and we are praying for you every day. Thank you for your support. You're watching The Sheila Zielinski Show. In Rome, they have the temple menorah, they have temple vessels that the Roman took, and they are simply saying, we want them back now. So I'm going to give you a chance to ask some questions here. So here's what I'm going to wrap it up with is to summarize it now. In these three messages that I have prepared here, I have simply showed you this, that we are much 
closer to the coming of the Antichrist than what you and I have thought. And the biblical prophecies there, it's going to be a temple and so on. The Antichrist, or the man of sin, or the Jewish Messiah, is going to come in peacefully. And it's going, there's going to be a world crisis. Now, when President Trump was elected, it was a kickback to them because he is not a globalist. And there was a number of things that he simply tore up, like the Paris Agreement, or the globalization, and so on. And President Trump has said, I'm not a globalist, I'm a nationalist, I'm America first. That's why there's such a hate spewed at President Trump, because he stands in the way. If he is elected for another four years, it means that their plans will be postponed for another four years. They will not be able to push them in as they would have under Hillary Clinton. So it is important to me as an American that we re-elect President Trump. He's not perfect. He's compromised in some areas, but at least he's still standing against globalism. You can expect this. Russia has to be subdued. China has to be subdued. The Antichrist cannot have a strong Russia and a strong China. And the only way to subdue Russia and China is a nuclear war. And I do predict that in the future, and this can be 10 years from now, 15 years or 30 years from now, the world government will instigate World War III and there will be nukes. China will be nuked and simply evaporated. Uh, the United States will be evaporated. North America, including Canada, will be evaporated. Russia will be evaporated, will be destroyed. And what's left then is the Antichrist system is sitting in Europe and in the Middle East. And this is where they're going to build up the system because the Antichrist system cannot exist as long as Russia, China, and the United States are three independent nations. They have to go. So this is going to be a nuclear holocaust. It's going to be a disaster like you and I have never seen before in our lives. It's going to cost a lot of people their lives. And then this Jewish Shabbat leader, Lubavitch, would come up on the scene and simply says, well, I got a solution. This is what we're going to do to salvage what we got left. And this is how we're going to, this is my understanding, how we're going to enter into the time of the Antichrist after a devastating third world war. So Sheila, do you have any questions or comments that you'd like to make? This is the, the big thing that Christians need to understand is this whole agenda where everybody is daily told that we need to be standing with Israel. You know, you know how it goes on and on. And if you say anything, you know, you're just castigated and relegated to the depths of the damned. If you even yes. say anything about anything to do with Israel, it's all, you know, we stand with Israel. We stand. I mean, it's just ad nauseum. So I think maybe in the last part of this, John, just how do Christians take this teaching and go forward that you've laid out in parts one, two and three? Okay, let me uh, turn to uh, First John, because uh, the Apostle John here really lays it down here. In order for, for us to understand why we should not support Israel as a nation, number one is that Israel was founded by Kabbalistic, Talmudic Jews. Many of them were, were even atheists, and they simply said, uh, we're going to establish a homeland. Because the Bible states, God told them, if you sin, you will lose the land. And 
God took away the land from me, for, first from the ten northern tribe in 700 before Christ, and the other one 600 years before Christ, when he lost the land. And it is obvious, clear in the Bible, that God is going to establish Israel in a thousand-year kingdom. So what we see now is the Jews are trying in the flesh to establish that. Now, the apostle John says this in First John chapter 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits without God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. The spirit of the Antichrist. So you got to understand the Jewish rabbis and the Jews in generality, they believe that yes, there's going to be a Messiah, but he's going to be a man anointed by God. He's not going to be God incarnated. And the reason that the Jewish Sanhedrin condemned Jesus to death was that he said, I am God. I have come down and I am inhabiting this flesh. I am divine. And they said, away with him. That's blasphemy. That's why they simply crucified him, had him crucified by the Romans. And so today, it's the same thing now. So the Apostle John said here, if, if a Jew says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came down, that he is divine, then he has a spirit of the Holy Spirit. But if he says he is not coming to flesh, he's just a man anointed by God, then he has a spirit of Antichrist. And since particularly the Shabbat movement, and the Orthodox Jews and all the other Jews believe that the Messiah has not come. The Messiah is going to come. He's going to be a man anointed by God. They are all having the spirit of the Antichrist. So if you are a Christian and you are supporting Israel, you're supporting building settlements for Jews in the West Banks and other places, you support them, you are actually supporting the Antichrist. You are a Satan supporter. You might not know it, but down the road, when everything will uh, come into being and be open, you will then know I was part of financing the Antichrist. That's sad. So that's why I simply say this. We should pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We should love the Jewish people. We should witness to them. Uh, but we are not obligated to support the state of Israel. We're not obligated to help them to build settlements and so on, because that is furthering the Antichrist system. We are to pray for them, stand aside and simply say, they are working with the devil. We are working with God, Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit. And we cannot join these people because they are in rebellion against God. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. The Green New Deal appears to be the number one headline in the news, and it is not going anywhere. But is this New Deal really new? This green agenda is not about saving the planet as its creators are quick to espouse. It is instead the re-implementation of an ancient pagan imperial doctrine that seeks to destroy the world's nation states 
implement global governance and drastically reduce the world's population. The new religion of Gaia is in fact a revival of paganism that rejects Christianity altogether and considers its followers to be its biggest enemy. Gaia is a cunning mixture of science, paganism, eastern mysticism, and feminism and has made this pagan cult the fastest growing religion on the planet. It views the Christian faith as the only obstacle preventing the formation of a global religion centered on uniting all forms of life around the goddess of Mother Earth. In her critically acclaimed book, Green Gospel, author, researcher, and broadcaster Sheila Zielinski demolishes what you think you know about the Green New Deal. She exposes how the claim that the human-induced global warming and the green agenda were diabolical plans deliberately hatched decades ago by the UN and are the greatest frauds of our time. Green Gospel unpacks the greatest deception of our era and takes you through the astonishing who, what, when, where, and why of the Green New Deal and explains what it's really all about. Get your copy of Green Gospel today. Watching the Sheila Zelensky Show. I'm going to pray and I'm going to read this Bible verse and go to use that as a foundation of my prayer. That's from 1 John 4 6. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He does not of God hear not us. Hereby know but a spirit of truth and a spirit of error. My Heavenly Father, I want to ask you right now that you will pour out your Holy Spirit that he will open a way for the spirit of truth to penetrate every believer in Christ and even unbelievers to recognize what is truth and what is not truth. And I bind the spirit of error, the spirit of the Antichrist in the name of Jesus. We command it not to be loosed from all the believers in Christ that are listening and that want to have it loosed, that be gone in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father God, that the spirit of truth will come into people and they will understand what is true and they will simply walk in truth. And I thank you, Father God, we are breaking out the power of the devil over people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what a powerful show today. What a powerful series. And of course, up on your screen, folks, is John's information. Reach out to Pastor John Trell, folks, and let him know you heard him on the program. And I highly recommend another thing we've got linked on your screen, and it's also in the description below, is John's incredible eight-book series. It's little booklets. Folks, you can get that for under $75. You can barely buy a book nowadays for that. Get informed. These are great little books. You can read them in about an hour. I read the whole entire eight booklet in one afternoon. So folks, get that, get informed, and really find out what's going on. As John said, we are deep in the last days. What did God say in his word in Hosea 4, 6? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Folks, get this information. Pastor John Trell has been in ministry a very long time. He's been in ministry longer than I'm alive. So listen, if anybody has studied this and is wise on this issue, it is John Terrell. You can take that to the bank. Well, you can take it to the Holy Ghost and he'll confirm it. Well, listen, John, it's always a pleasure to have you on and we look forward to coming back soon, sir. Thank you very much and God bless you, Sheila. And thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast tonight. Good night and God bless. I want to ask you a question today. Are you saved? 
What do you have to do to be saved? The time is now. If you've not already given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's time that you do so. And you can do it right now at this very moment. Just agree with this following prayer. I'm going to ask you to believe this in faith and pray this with all your heart. And if you do so, you'll receive the free gift of salvation that Jesus bought for you. Jesus bought the penalty for sin. Pray this out loud right now. Dear God in heaven, I come to you today as a lost sinner. I'm asking you that you save my soul and cleanse me from all sin and unrighteousness. I realize in my heart my need for salvation, which can only come through Jesus Christ. I repent for my sins now, and I accept Jesus Christ into my heart, and I receive what he did on the cross at Calvary in order to purchase my redemption. In obedience to your word, God, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. You said in your word, which cannot lie, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. That's Romans 10:13. And I've called upon your name exactly as you have said in your word, and I do believe that right now I am saved. Amen. If you've sincerely prayed those words above and believe in your heart upon the Lord Jesus Christ, then at this moment you are saved and your name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And congratulations, because that was the most important decision you've ever made. Know that Jesus really does love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 Contact us today. We have a free book that we'd like to send you out if you have made that commitment today. Hey folks, listen, do you know how vitally important it is that you subscribe, like, and share these videos? Because when you take that simple action, you're helping to boost the show's algorithms. You know what they're doing out there on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. They use AI to monitor and distribute content. So when you do share, like, and subscribe, it helps the show appear in more people's news feeds. And that is important with all this Stasi censorship, isn't it? So by liking and sharing, you're actually taking part, spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, equipping the saints. You're part of that. You become part of the harvesting of souls for God's eternal kingdom. So please, again, take a moment to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Like, share, and subscribe.